That was my voice. Aaron, you sound amazing. <laughs> what happened Woo! to you this week? I went through puberty, finally. Whoa. It happened. Uh, my name is Aaron Tuning. Andrew Stanley here also. And this is No Worries If Not. We have a very special guest who sounds like an angel. He does. What do you mean by special? You're unlike anyone I've ever known. That's what I meant. I like that. uh, That doesn't mean it's good. Still, who knows? It's Jackie Lee. Hey, guys. I'm Jackie Lee. You want to say your joke about your name? Oh, yeah. I've been trying two different ones out. Hey, guys. I'm Jackie Lee. I'm not a girl, and I'm not Asian. Classic. Yeah, depends on where you're at for that one. Or this is pretty universal nowadays. But hey, guys, I'm Jackie Lee. I'm not a girl. But I could be. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think those three jokes can offend anybody. Yeah, so that's that what covers I it. typically go for is most offense across the board in as little words as I can say. That's why none of my songs are hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. As long as you hit everybody, it's like, all right, well, yeah, yeah he hit everybody. Then no one's like really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how the world works these Correct. days, thankfully. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> Jack and I go back what f- five years now or something like that. It's Has been, it been that long? It's, I don't know. It's, it's been, been a, way long. It's been a while. Yeah. It's one of those new school friendships where someone starts commenting on your stuff on Instagram. That's so freaky. Don't say that. Who it commented way on you? Commenting on mine. Sounds oh. way more weird, bro. Yeah, you were, yeah. more weird. You were pursuing Aaron. It, well, I don't know about pursuing. Oh, you're no, pursuing it was a friendship. Pursuit. Yeah. 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 I feel like I'm just trying to get a head jump on the metaverse. Is that I don't want friends that I have to see all the time. Yeah. I knew he lived several cities away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. We can be friends. And then when I see you in person, it's like, oh, so much ecstasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I don't have to see him all the time. No all. pressure to be like yeah. hanging out and stuff. That's what Aaron and I run into in mm, our relationship. Way too much. We and like I, 10 I've, minutes I've been away. wanting to say this to you. I'm very sorry. Yeah, thank yeah. you. All right, anyway, but I'm happy I'm, to be I'm friends right with you. Here. We live yeah. four hours apart. Totally. We're so. both PKs, bro. We have already so much more in common. So much more yeah. in common. Should I leave? <laughs> I can leave. Yeah, dude. We should also mention that we are at Jackie's house right now. <laughs> this is our first non-Atlanta podcast. We're in oh, Nashville. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Jackie, we brought all of our equipment. And there's we a didn't... Christmas tree here. It's it's a couple weeks away, so I figured it was time. Were you not wondering why we're so bad at setting this all up? It's because we've never set See, it up. I, I never, <laughs> okay. No, I never thought We set that. it up once in Atlanta. Three months ago. No. I thought it was going to get so much more tangled than this, and went pretty well. Yeah, it was great. No, we're we're great. portable now. We are portable. Yeah. I so feel like you don't us to your city. Portable boys. Yeah, these guys come prepared. They have a mixer and microphones and a computer, and they're beautiful voices. Oh, gosh. It's wow. so good already. But yeah, you were, uh, you know... We you were, guys have great faces for podcasts. Thank you so much. All right. Classic yeah. joke. Yeah, um, yeah we became to. Instagram boys. We did. You know, he had the little blue check. So I was like, who's this guy commenting on my stuff? Yep. Clicked and on you, his and, name. And you thought it was a girl DMing you I at did. first. I was like, who's this hottie? This yeah. verified girl reaching out to uh-huh. me. But she never changed his stance on hottie. 
So I'm cool with that. <laughs> you're you're a hot guy. Oh uh, well. Weren't you in like Nashville's hottest singles or whatever a few years ago? Um, uh, yeah. What was the magazine? Very, so uh, the whole reason I, I got there was beautiful people in this spread. Okay, there was they were. <laughs> Wasn't doing, that literally the list? Like the peers. most beautiful people. It was. I think it was. No, it was. Uh, I. Is it eligible? Yeah, it was eligible. It was uh, 15 or 16 most eligible bachelor bachelorettes. Most eligible sounds like a roast. Like these eligible. people are oh, for eligible. Sure. He's like they're for so sure. lonely. Depends on how you say it. You go, he's super eligible. Or he's uh, eligible. Yeah, 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 they're hot and yeah. lonely. And the fact that I was on the cover of that magazine. So let you know. Well, You're on the cover. You know, dude. Okay. You were the you were the face of the whole eligible you, group. I thought we've talked about that. No, I've seen it because you have it in your house or your old house. That was well, wasn't. That's a long story. Dude. But you had it. That's fine. It wasn't. Okay. My, it wasn't my choice. I thought it was like. You know, I would love to have it out right now because it's beautiful. When there's like a Sports Illustrated thing about the gymnastics team, there's a different cover with every person. You know what I mean? Oh. So I thought it was one of those things. What you magazines have you been ordering? I don't know. <laughs> you know they, they did, they did. There's different covers for different <laughs> They athletes. didn't tell Jackie that they had one with all the eligible people. He thought he was the representative. <laughs> yeah. I did not know I was going to be on the cover of that magazine until it came out. And I don't know if that was by design or what they – this is how this all happened. I am to this day a ginormous goofball. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I I really don't one take, single goofball. Well, not two. That's right. We'll right. get into that. We'll get later. into that a little bit. Uh, well, this is back in the goofballs day. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, I just I struggle, and I'm sure this came from like a lack of self confidence as a child. But I, as in my early adult years, really struggled to find the line of goofiness and uh, something being legit, right? Because I just never felt like worthy of something cool, maybe. This happens. I get nominated by someone I didn't even know. Get a call from these people. They send over a list of questions. They're like, we're going to need you to fill this out because you've been selected to be uh, in this magazine part of it. was like uh, for, it was in February. So it was like for, you know, Valentine's Day, the whole night. It was just, that's what it was kind of centered around. So send over these questions. And I, I'm home with these questions. I'm like, these are so stupid. So the first one was like, describe your perfect date, right? And I'm just like... What am I going to say here? Oh, April. Yeah, you did the classic miscongeniality. Right? I, I got to do this. Yeah. So I did the miscongeniality thing. And yeah, I thought that was funny. So I go to the next one. I'm like, what's your biggest pet peeve in a girl? I was like, girls that leave the toilet seat up or down. And, <laughs> and then it was like, where, what dream place would you take your girl oh, you know, on a date? And I was like, Chick-fil-A for sure. And it became a series of all of these answers being, you know, questions being answered very funny and like a week and a half past we go and do the photo shoot and like most of all the people that were there are part of the photo shoot and so i'm getting to see these people and i'm like man these people are beautiful like this is insane and then we get a call like four days after that that you got the uh you got the job you got the, <laughs> the, the cover? cover and i'm like what do you mean they're like what do you mean what do you mean you're on the cover of this magazine and so they said your answer is basically you know won us over and that's why you're that's why you're in this thing. And so when they came out at the beginning of February, every single bookstore, every single one, they had all, I didn't realize the displays they did. They did all of these magazines and the front displays side by side, at least 50. And you walk into any like Barnes and Noble or any bookstore and my face was all over the place. Yeah. And it was, it was a sh and then we had to go to the um the party and they had this probably 8 by 10 fake magazine cutout. And it was like, as you walk into this party and it was me. 
You didn't sign up for all that. And I walk in. I'm like, so what do you guys do with that when you're done? Yeah. (laughs) Trying to see. It's like, can I have that? And they wouldn't let me have it. Oh, no. Yeah. Bummer. What what is your life like after that? Did you get a bunch of weird messages from like people that wanted you to stop being eligible with them? No, I think um, I made the magazine editors laugh, and then past that, I'm not sure anybody else thought it was all this funny. They're like, "Wait, you picked this guy to be on the cover of the magazine? Like, look at this chick. Why didn't you pick her?" And her answer was like, you know, the most like heartfelt, like what she wants on a night out, and yeah. like I'm the only one that was even remotely. You know, not. I wish I did have it. I would read the answers. They were all just like Paris, and you were like the Chick Fil A near Absolutely. my house. Yeah, I did say that. I yeah. said Chick Fil A in Hermitage. Yeah. Uh, that's a power move because if you're on that list, you're obviously hot. But then if you're funny too, oh, dude, I'm so funny. And and you got a great voice. People already heard it. Yeah, that's too, too much. Bad, too bad they couldn't put your voice on the magazine. Dude, cover. would that be sick? It's like scratch and sniff, but it's for my voice. Scratch and, just like and pull, a, pull a tab, and like I'm just like singing that could be good yeah like those uh, birthday cards or, that always scare me God. to death when i open them or i could just read my answers that i gave in the magazine mm-hmm. yeah a recording of you answering them singing all, your answers all i know Chick-fil-A. is i've just tried to follow matthew mcconaughey's advice and it was one uh, green light green light of all of you can use that little cue by the way that was pretty freaking good i heard that in my phones is uh he said in an interview one time he was like like i always say you make them laugh. You make them breakfast. <laughs> that's, that's so good. Oh, okay. Uh, well, this I feel like this is going to be a four-hour episode because I was just trying to say how we know each other. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. dude. Sorry. I, I'm like the most long-winded guy you've ever met in your life. Also, Jackie Lee, country music sensation. We're, we're that's the get... thing. I clicked on his name on Instagram, and then I saw like the single, and I listened to it. Oh, I love this song. And then we follow each other. And oh. oh, yeah, I guess get I did. Interview just I did have, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a banger. Yeah, I forgot about that. Great Cause, song. Because I was out with Dan and Shay, and you know Shay. Well, no, I know him through you. Oh, I, I thought you knew Shay. So you used me this whole time? I wasn't trying to. God. We I avoided yeah. Shay at a bar back in the day. I'm just kidding. I told Shay's him that. awesome. Yeah, I told him that Why'd you avoid him? Because uh, I was with a lady that she was like ducking. She's like, we got to go. I was like, what's going on? And he's like, guy, that just broke my heart's here. No way, <laughs> yeah. dude. And I was like, who is that? And she's like, his name's Shay, whatever. And then she like, <laughs> said he does music, and I looked him up, and I was like, oh, this dude rocks. Yeah, he's only <laughs> selling out arenas Oh, this the was like the first yeah. album, yeah. You found out she'd actually never even met him. He just broke her heart by, <laughs> by existing. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. I saw a TikTok of, um, I think they made it over at Old Dominion, but they have a song called Hotel Key. Mm-hmm. And this girl was like, they definitely wrote this song about me going off on this, like, first off, like, you could just tell immediately that the song was not written about her. And uh, you can use your imagination to wonder why. But she said they wrote this song about me, made this huge TikTok, and it kind of went viral. And I saw a comment, and it just said, honey, dot, dot, dot. No, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Shay Mooney probably has (laughs) a whole career of people that thought these songs were being written about them. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, when I... Met Shay the first time and told him that it was it was great it was a funny story we avoided I avoided you most yeah. people are always just trying to meet you I saw you and it was like I hope that guy does not notice us I had no idea I was like talk I don't about know what's going on. funny like he's probably one of the more funny individuals he really I've is. ever met in my life like, yep. genuinely like mm-hmm. like he his funny is very layered I, I swear to goodness like he says things in the beginning of the night that he knows that he's gonna come back to later it's 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 very psychological Whoa. like he really does like he knows he knows what he's doing. 
like huh. a serial killer. And, Andrew's yeah, like probably. that. And then like yeah. I listen back to the podcast and I hear eight more things that Andrew said I didn't even hear live. Yeah. Hey man, I, just, I feel like that's probably the ingredients to a hit podcast or a hit song. You know, like you have to find that thing that the people love and you just got to bring it back. In stand-up yeah, comedy, cool. you don't want people to notice the jokes at first. You know, it's on the drive home. You want them to laugh. Uh-huh. That's what I've decided. Huge. You don't want to hear. Wait, a is laugh. that what's happening or is that what you? That's decided? what I. That's what I'm assuming is happening. It's like, oh, they'll get it on the way home. Dude, John said like, I could get a bit got it. at Zanies and do a, a little bit. John Chris is going to have you design. He said I could. But I just, I don't, first off, for the people listening, if I say that I'm funny, I believe it, but it's also a different kind of funny. I'm a very like, I can sit here and like, you know, mics are off. We're just talking like we all can be funny that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's my kind of funny. No, that's not, that's not true. I'm not a (laughs) verified, not, I'm not a prepared funny. No, there's a couple times where I saw you at the listening room, which is you have four songwriters that tell a story about the song, play a song, acoustic. It's very chill. You crush. Oh yeah, you, you do crowd work. Yeah, that's you do you, crowd work. Talk to people. Crushes every single time. I will say people can't do that. I will say like you can. if if people don't really understand how when you're doing full band, right? You, you have so much to rely on. Right. You have smoke. You have freaking uh, you know bombs going off. You have all this different pyro and 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 band and, and whatever you can afford, you can completely take their attention away from what's really happening. When you're doing a songwriters night. You cannot hide behind anything. Mm. So like oftentimes, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but there's like almost as if there's a glass wall at the edge of the stage where it's like everybody can see what's happening here, but I have not broken through to you. Like you do not trust me yet. I find in songs and this has to be like having a bad bit where it's like you're really deep in this bit and it's tanking and you're like would do anything to get out. You're just hoping someone throws up in the second (laughs) row. You know what I mean? Just to be able to make fun of it. That's the same way it is for for you know being on the songwriters night because dude, the only thing that sucks is you could be trapped by not trying to be funny in the first place because you could be playing a really sad song, mm-hmm. um, or you could be playing a funny song. It doesn't matter. It's the same same thing every time. If there's a glass wall at the end of the stage, you are effed because it's over. You have to break that, and that's what I constantly try to do is try to break that glass wall. I don't yeah. care if it's stupid. I don't care if it's because I'm really having a great night of singing or what. Like I. I, every single time that's what I, I don't care if I'm I just played a show with Sam Hunt in front of like 17,000 people and it is the same thing it's like you can fool them for a long time but like if you do not literally kick down that glass wall it's like no one's gonna remember your name no one's gonna remember especially what you're saying you know what I mean at this point in my career Sam Hunt everybody knows Sam Hunt no one yep. knows who I am so I, I just try to do that constantly it's kind of tough so do you think if like, whether it's the listening room or opening for Sam Hunt, if you're trying to break that glass wall, is it what you say before you start singing that go ahead, that starts breaking that wall? That's, that, interesting. that's the stuff it, that connects with the audience it can help before a lot. you even start singing. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's, you know, you can't reel a fish in unless it's on the hook. So it's the way, yes, but it's still not all the way, the way it goes sometimes. Most yeah. of the time it's just kind of like, you're the one flopping like a fish and they're trying to grab you. And just try my best to, to definitely before dude, so many people, I don't know if they like, we know the story, right? But we forget that we have to draw dimension for people to follow the story. And so we'll be on stage and we'll be like, yeah, I wrote this with such and such person. No one's ever heard of. Yep. Um, (laughs) I did this at this place. There's no significance to that location. Let you tell them why, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, you could be in this place writing this song because it affected the song, right. but I don't know. It's just so many people piss me off 
when they're doing a writer's round, it's like, man, you guys could be so much better. Yeah. You just acted like there's an audience there. Uh-huh. But. Yeah, the, what blows my mind is last time I saw you there, um, I laughed a lot. You have one song that's super horny. What is the song called again? Uh, Leave the Light On. <laughs> that's it, yeah. yeah. I get horny during that song. All right, so you, you like do crowd work. I've seen you do it twice. You like yeah. pick a couple. I do that pretty much every time. Yeah, and make them yeah. feel a little awkward, and it, it crushes. And I was laughing so much. And then the next time it comes around, you play After Loving You, a song yeah. you wrote about uh, your dad dating after your mom passed away, and I <laughs> cried a lot. And I was like, in one round, you had me laughing so hard, and then you made me cry a lot. Jimmy V always said, That's man. insane. Jimmy V always said, if you laugh, and if you cry, and you spend time in thought, it's a full day, baby. So I'm trying, yeah. to, get, I'm trying to live my life. That's it. And I how, cry a how lot. How many songs did he have to do all that? We usually do four or five. Yeah, but yeah. I think you did that in back-to-back rounds. So it was yeah, like yeah, I think you're right. in 12 minutes. That's a quick shift to take and everybody will, on a journey. That's I will say, um, I have spent time where I have prepared. Uh, we kind of got into a rhythm where we were doing it like once a month. Like when you came and saw like we were kind of a well-oiled machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, dude, every single time, and it kind of makes me angry at myself sometimes because I've most definitely stepped on stage unprepared more times than not. But, dude, when you do prepare, man, it makes all the difference in the world. Like it really does. Crazy how that works. <laughs> right? But, but even like you think for a writer's round that like I'm prepared, I know the songs. There's like yeah, a yeah. whole different element of like, you're still putting on a show. I don't care if there's 10 people in the listening room is usually like 500 people. Yeah. You know? And they're all like in your face. Yeah. You worked in bits that you work on. But and you do have sharpen. to, you really do. It's it's like, again, I'm not to ever like take away from, because I know it's a completely different thing as well, but it, it prepares, I think the same sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Okay. We're like 15 minutes in. We haven't even talked about our sponsors. Oh my Notice God. I said, I said sponsors. First this time we've course. ever had multiple sponsors. Absolutely huge. We got to pay for our travel to Nashville. Absolutely. So for we're going to sure. start with the first repeat sponsor. They came mm-hmm. back because I guess the first one performed so well. Yeah. So we're, we got a repeat sponsor. Yeah. And, and uh, it's uh, Christmas and, you know, this is a big uh, time of year for this specific company with gifts. Mm-hmm. And everything. Absolutely. Kids yeah. love it. Um, so, Jackie, if you would, <laughs> we also never had yeah. a guest reading that. I feel like you guys are setting me up. Holy. Can yeah. I cuss on this? No. No. Holy. Poop, this is really long. I know. <laughs> poop, poop, poop. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Bop It. Morally tough edition. Wait, really? Everyone loves the classic children's game Bop It, but this summer we've made it just a bit harder. He's, he's, he's videoing me. Will you aggressively bop a two-week-old puppy? Will you pull it when it is Betty White's cane? Will you twist it when it is the pin of a grenade heading toward an orphanage? It's morally tough. Find out as you and your family play Bop It. Morally tough. The prompts update per player based on your worst fears. Maybe I have a hard time bopping my grandpa's bad knee that has never fully healed since the Great War. Maybe you don't want to pull the plug on your Aunt Tricia. It's tough. This week only, listeners, no worries if not, can get 20% off Bop It. Morally tough with the code Jackie, all caps by the way, Jackie, big, boy, strong, and smart, LOL. Get to bopping, cowards. Yeah. Thank you, Bop It Morally Tough, for coming back for that Christmas push. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad that they're still in business after all this time. Yeah, I thought they'd struggle, but no, they're still around. They were onto something, though, really early on. They knew people wanted to hit up out of of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Really bop stuff. Let's just keep it going. And pull it out. Okay. Um, This episode is also brought to you by the hot new 
bar taking over Broadway in downtown Nashville, the Arkansas slash Virginia Line Bar. The bar was open. <laughs> the Arkansas Virginia the, Line Bar. Those states don't touch. That's why it's funny. <laughs> the bar Just was. Like a, the, it's not funny. This is our sponsor. Sorry. The bar was opened by hot new country band Arkansas Virginia Line. <laughs> They're hyper-conservative and also steal from hip-hop music constantly. <laughs> Their hit songs include Maga Swaga, Johnny Cash Money, and She Got Junk in the Trunk, I Got a Buck in My Truck. <laughs> I Got a Buck in My Truck. <laughs> At the Arkansas-Virginia oh, Bar, you can dance, dude. you can play pinball, this and you so can get drinks from our surprise celebrity bartender drop-ins. <laughs> Mason Ramsey, the yodel boy... Might bore you the shots of apple juice, but not too much because Mimo says it'll rot your teeth. Maybe Toby Keith will be there to spike your drink with cyanide if he finds out you didn't serve in the military. <laughs> you pathetic coward. Maybe Kid Rock will be behind the bar and tell you how January 6th wasn't actually that bad. <laughs> Quick note, you're not allowed you're not allowed in it if you're vaccinated. Sheep are for farms, not bars. Get a dark and stormy, and then reminisce about storming the Capitol at the Arkansas-Virginia line bar. Man, you cannot wow. do this that early, bro. <laughs> I don't know if that should be our sponsor. I don't... I, hey, it's, I we're disagree. Nashville. We accept that all sponsors. That bar exists. Whew. All right. <laughs> I saw, um, saw this video the other day. This guy, he said, Florida Georgia line? Yeah, I stopped and took a piss there once. Nice. <laughs> Uh, what are all the tell us about Broadway what's going on down there doesn't every musician have a bar now yeah you got Floor George Line's a huge one and so have you been to 5th and Broadway now no it's uh, it's like uh, like a very Hollywood and Highlands that's the only thing I know. I'm sure there's other things to, to reference okay it. but it's this uh, outdoor mall um, it's like an outdoor indoor mall where most of it's covered most of it's not it's like four stories and so just shop, 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 shop. So it's like everything, if you smash Broadway and the streets up, that's what Fifth and Broad is. Whoa. Crazy. And it's right outside the Ryman. Downtown, though, first off, never really shut down ever. Yeah. During all that. That checks out. It, it shut down for probably two weeks that I remember because I, I was living on, you've been to that house on, house on Music Row. Mm-hmm. And I would just go for a run or take a bike ride. And it was very eerie. But dude, Right after that, it's been open the entire time. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, it happens. We used to go, we used to go down to Broadway a lot. Yeah, um, like 2015, 16, like well into 17, because I was working a lot at that time on the road, and so we'd go. You know, we'd leave on Thursday, come back Sunday. It was typically a, a very country standard tour. And so from like Monday, we knew all the bartenders. We knew all the people that ran the places. So like it was just kind of fun. Like we just go have fun for free. And then something switched. And everyone started getting a bar named after them. Um, and for whatever reason, that just made everything worse. Yeah? Yeah. Is it because it kind of went along with like when Nashville became like a bachelor, bachelorette capital? Or has I, it always I was been there, that way? I was at the very first, um, can't remember dude's last name. Robbie, I want to say Goldsmith, but I really feel like that's wrong. He was the guy that started the Batch Weekend. How did he start it? Literally started the company. Like he, uh, before it was even a company, was like. Well, I don't even know it was a company. What, what, what company is the company? So it's Batch Weekend. Okay. Look it up. Um, the idea was that he had made enough friends artist wise. I played the very first one. 
What the heck? Yeah, it was you're, crazy. You're the problem? Maybe. Um, first off, dude's making so much money. But he was like taking, like reaching out to these, and I, I don't want to mistell his story, but like, but again, before it was like an official thing, had a bunch of Airbnbs, was putting these people up. They pay for a premium. He gets you into all this stuff. Again, as far as I know, that's still happening. I know there are more companies now doing it, but literally it was a full-on company that like brought that whole movement here. Yeah, he'd say, if you want to do your bachelorette party or your bachelor party here, here is an entire package of stuff you'll be able to do. You won't have to worry about Correct. it. Like it was all planned out. So, I mean, that's perfect, you know? And you have to think, like everyone forgets this, but Nashville is like centrally located so between 200 miles of so many places so many cities so many cities so many big ones so many little ones it doesn't matter like you can all drive to nashville in a day half a day's time yep. from a lot of places so it's like yeah why go to vegas when yeah i have to put on a mask to fly an airplane and I have to go through all these rules that the government's making me go through you know what yeah. i mean it made sense for people and it's kind of been unfortunate <laughs> it's i i don't I, i'm not that guy like i i want to make a lot of money in my life super dope that those guys are making a lot of money right now because they are i Yo, mean they're making sure. so much money um but also like <clears throat> it's really you know it's really interesting like layla's and roberts and tootsies and um all these different places that are like the og staples of downtown right well now you have like your peers have bars so it's like it's just different vibe like it's like but peers that like you're trying to be do what they're doing be like them it's not mm -hmm. like your friend's bar it's right, like right. all these people. So it's kind of took the, made it so novelty, so quick, so like, so fake. And I mean, but dude, they're crushing. So what am I, what am I to say? Yeah. You go to Roberts and it's, have you been to Roberts? Western world. Roberts right? is my favorite. Roberts and Layla's they're right side by side. And you go to Roberts and you can still get like a $3 PBR and a yeah, yeah. bologna sandwich. You know, that was like their thing, you know, you'll pay a buck and you get a PBR and a bologna sandwich. And it's old. It feels like there's history there. It doesn't feel like new corporate. It also, yeah. so in the, the alleyway of the Ryman auditorium, like, and I've done this several times and it's cool as crap. Cause I feel like, you know, I get to be like my heroes for a second, but uh, the Opry does like two shows a night on Saturday. So you have the first show. You have like 45 minutes between shows yeah. and even longer, depending on where you're at in the program. And we'd all it's literally like a 10 foot wide alley that you walk out of the back door of the Ryman and straight into Layla's and all these places and just grab a drink and oh, then go back. Cool. That is cool. Yeah. Have you done Broadway, Andrew? It feels like it would be your hell. Yeah. <laughs> just so many people having a good time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, we did uh, one of our fraternity formals, like my senior year we did in Nashville. What year? Uh, it would have been 2015. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, I, seen you. I, moved, I moved here 2009, 2010. I was coming here a lot in 2009, and then officially moved in 2010. And 15 was, I mean, it was well on its way at 15. It was a great, I mean, we had a great time. For what we were wanting, it was perfect, because it was, you know, a hundred of us in our dates, and then we just be walking into different places and see people. And it was like, yeah. you brought all your friends with you. So it didn't really matter where you go, but it's fun because it's all walkable and all in one location. Yeah. So it's fun to walk around and be like, oh, which, where are you guys? Oh, that one sounds fun. And there's live music in every door you walk in. Yeah. So it's super fun. But right. uh, ever since I've been back, I think I've walked through there a couple other times when I've been in Nashville. And it just every time it seems more like the percent of bachelor, bachelorette parties compared to everyone else yep. is just raising. It is, it is getting way more aggressive. Um, I, all of it's getting more aggressive. Like the amount of people that like you're really running out of, like, it's tough to go downtown and do something. Yeah. Like you can't get a reservation. 
you i mean i i, I live in donaldson now so it's like i kind of stay out like have you have a no you've not been to scoreboard have you no i don't know what that is dude scoreboard is it's where we go now it's the it's the spot because like a lot of my homies live out this way like even more some of them and so we'll go to scoreboard. And like, we're what, like 15 minutes from downtown? Yeah, like 20? 15. Okay. Because yeah. you can get there a few different ways from here. But it's, I, I don't ever want to be the guy that hates the city he lives in because I 1,000% don't. Mm-hmm. I really don't. You know, I've lived here for 12, 13 years. So you have like a bit of like the old man in you that wants to like, oh, I remember. Yeah, like, like, you you got to stop. You kids. know what I mean? Like it's, move somewhere else. The version of it when I was my best age is the best version of the thing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny wrong. how everyone believes that about the, when, they exactly. were, the, when they were 25 to 35, that was one of the way things were supposed to be. Totally. Yeah. And so I never want to uh, adapt to that. However, it is tough. It's tough to even go to the mall. Like you can't yeah, yeah. find a parking spot to go to this freaking mall, you know? So it's different, but it's also wonderful and great and, there's going to be a lot of weird stuff that happens in Nashville the next 10 years. Like I heard Netflix is doing a big thing. Amazon's like a putting studio. A, a huge studio. Got it. Um, uh, Apple, they just, I mean, they're about to set up a big headquarters here. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, do you dance, Andrew? Do I dance? Have you ever danced? I think so. I, I don't I dance. Yeah. Uh, Anna is saying that we have to take a lesson for our wedding. That checks out. Mm. So I don't want to do that. Tight. I just can't stop thinking about you walking down Broadway. Cause you, have you ever karaoke Uh Just once here at Santa's that time. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I imagine? Him walking down great. Broadway dancing is, remember Tobey Maguire when he was yes. Venom? <laughs> and he's like... Oh, yeah, doing yeah, the finger yeah. point, That's, like a those, twist. Yeah. Those are my moves. <laughs> I could see that. I'm evil Spider-Man just walking around. <laughs> how, how long are you in Nashville? Are you leaving tomorrow? I leave tomorrow morning. Oh, how sad. You just got here? Got to go. Yeah. Got a show tonight. Then I got to go to Texas Oh, you tomorrow. told me all that. Yeah. All right. We're going to Miss Kelly's later tonight. I'm probably dancing Texas. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Sorry. That was well, uh, So the Palace Theater, scoreboard, the Palace, what's kind of a gold mine over here is because all of the musicians that played on all the records in the 80s and the 90s, they all play out here. And they have line dancing. They have karaoke some nights. They have, I mean, anything that you need. It's all over here. And that's Fun. why we go over there all the time. All right, scoreboard. Yeah. Go check that out. There you go. <laughs> okay, uh, let's, let's talk about your music. Mm. All right? Uh, give me the... Uh, one of my favorite things about the podcast is, you know, we've known each other for years. I know broad strokes your story, but I can, like, ask the full-on... Ask me the toughest like, questions interview you have, questions. please. No, not tough. Just give me the whole rundown. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Um... You were writing songs from when? Did you always want to be a songwriter? Uh, no, for sure not. I didn't even know what that was. I remember figuring out Adam Levine wrote all of those songs on songs about Jane. Mm-hmm. It won't be soon before long, both those records, and I, it blew my mind. I was like, wait, he wrote that stuff? Like, I don't know why I didn't know that. You know, yeah. like, I feel like it's a very simple thing, especially wanting to be in the business that's like, oh, that guy wrote that, because it's not that way in Nashville. Yeah, like, like Eric Church does write all his stuff. Toby Keith, love her to hate it, writes everything <laughs> yeah. he says. Um, he has a word bank of like eight words. Because like what people don't know too is like George Strait. You know, George Strait didn't write one of his songs, hmm. not one. Yeah, um, and is the goat in so many ways. And now Tim McGraw never wrote one of his songs, but has some of the biggest bangers in our genre. Um, Sam Hunt, all his songs. So just trying to figure out my place in that world. I did not write songs until I was probably. 16, 17 years old. Okay. And they sucked. Oh, what were the first so few? Bad. What are the titles? Yeah. Uh, Catch a Flame. 
I remember catch a ca- flame. I like that. Catch a flame. Should we try there's, to a, there's a bucket. There's, could, about? there's a buck in my truck. Did he do that? There's a wish, dude. <laughs> I wish you were beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was really rough. I didn't play acoustic guitar until I was like 17. Like my hmm. dad told me, he was like, if you don't sing country music, you gotta be a you gotta be able to play acoustic guitar. And I was like, okay. That was that was the thought behind that. Yeah. Um, Logic. I played drums my entire life. Like I wanted to be Phil Collins. Like I was six years old uh, playing drums and had the microphone that came down, you know, like, so I did that for like a long time. Yeah. We would travel to churches and stuff and I played piano. My dad got me playing piano really early on. So acoustic guitar and songwriting was just kind of like, you know, whatever. I wanted to be Chris Brown for the most part in high school. Like I did not even think about country music. (laughs) Phil Collins, Chris Brown, Michael uh, Bolton. Adam Levine. Michael Bolton. Another grab bag of inspiration. Um, Michael McDonald. Oh yeah. Come on. You ever heard him sneeze? Oh gosh! <laughs> do it, do it. What is it gonna be? Oh, 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 true. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not bad. Anyway, so I, it wasn't until later on that I wrote, <clears throat> and a guy that moved me to town. Basically, he gave me. He said, "I need you to write one song every single week and turn it in on Tuesday. That's your homework, right?" So at that point, I was <clears throat> approaching my senior year of high school, and I, I just didn't care about anything but writing songs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had to write, had to write, had to write. Terrible, terrible songs. Start coming to Nashville. I literally graduated high school in May, and I was—I mean, I spent a lot of time in 2009, but graduated high school in May, and then, I mean, by the end of May, I felt like I was there. I mean, I'm, I moved here. BMI fronted me some money to move here, and I spent like—oh, um, that's crazy! So it's like a advance on a book. yeah. But the only reason they did that was because of the guy I was working with. They, okay. This guy had like vouch for he you. He had ran Universal Records for like oh. eight years. Uh, he's head of A&R there. Um, you know, was a produ- he produced all of Billy Currington's stuff. Uh, Mark Wills, if you remember him back in the day in the '90s, had a few hits. Like, so this he'd been around for a while, and <clears throat> so they fronted me some money, basically long enough for me to live the rest of the year mm-hmm. to try to get a record deal and or publishing deal. So we did like this thing where he would have me. We were at Ronnie Millsap's studio. Have you ever seen that place? No, neither has he. Um, oh man! And so we were at this at his studio, and different record labels would come in. Mm. And in the in the first week, I was offered a record deal by Universal, and the producer that I was working with turned it down. And I did not know this. Uh, he turned it down. I didn't know at the time. And literally that next week, they signed Kip Moore. And so Kip Moore, you know, went off and did his thing. I ended up signing with Big Machine Records. Scott Borchetta, I, dude, I remember this like it happened last week. It was like December 23rd, 2010, cold as balls, ball. And he comes up <laughs> in his Maserati, and we're just at the studio, a Saturday morning, no one in town, and I sing for him. He was like, I just opened up a net brand new record label. Um, I want them to come, the people that run that, come and hear this. So they came, and they offered me a record deal. That was, they had signed the band Perry, and then me. That was before... Arkansas, Virginia line. Yep. That was before Thomas Rhett. That was before, any, I mean, anything at Big Machine. It was literally Taylor Swift, the band Perry, and Jackie. Wow. And I was there for about a year and a half. And in that year and a half, I watched them sign Thomas Rhett. I watched them sign Florida Georgia Line. And I watched them forget how to spell my name. <laughs> um, and so they let me go. from. And Thomas Rhett and I talked. So my girlfriend, Courtney, uh, dresses Thomas um, and Lauren. And so, like, I, I, professionally, professionally, this yeah. is not just a hobby. Oh, and she cool. does her job. Dresses yeah. me unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. What does nice. dresses mean? Uh, for any award show, anything you see Got him it. on camera, like cool. they just did a Frito Lay commercial. That she, you know that kind of thing. Awesome. So, 
we talked, we've talked about this several. He was like, dude, you were signed before I was right. And I was like, Sh- like standing in his three and a half million dollar mansion yeah. <laughs> in, you know, Forest Hills. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also TR and I played football against each other in high school. He went to good pasture. I went to Alcoa and we beat them in the state championship. So that's, it's like the only things I have on Tom Shred, okay? Good Pasture High School? <laughs> That's the sounds, name. Sounds fake. Tom, Tom Shred played t- our fraternity party. Really? Yeah. He was so he nice. Did, he did. Oh, dude. He, he was like, the nicest guy we, he was ever, one of the we ever had play anything. What you see yeah. is what you get with that guy. He's, yeah. really, he's the real nice. deal. Um, I signed a Broken Bow Records. And also in the interim time, and I'm skipping a lot. I'm just trying to make the story progress. But Yeah, please. I signed, make it fast. <laughs> <laughs> I signed a Universal Music Publishing. That was like the only thing I had kind of during the whole, all the changes. So signed a Broken Bow Records in, um, I guess like the spring of 2013, because I was let go from Big Machine in December of 12. Started how, this how, new, was, how was that conversation? Were you ready to go? What? When they let you go or when you uh, broke yeah. up from them? No, it was very much so just kind of like, hey, this ain't working. Bring their vessels, go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, mainly for them. Like, I would have wanted to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but the people I was, I learned so much about the people I was connected with in the early days. It was so weird. They opened up so many doors, but also just like nobody wanted to work with them because mm. they'd kind of like been in the business for a long time and pissed a lot of people off. And I, did, I didn't know any of that. And so fast forward to uh, Broken Bow. And at the time, and all of these people, man, in my life, like I'm very appreciative because, I mean, I, none of it would have happened, right? However, it was still like this thing that was pushing me forward was like this big weight on me. My producer, when I signed to the record label, they were like, you can't work with him anymore. And I was like, well, he is kind of the only reason I'm here, you know, trying to be a loyal, naive, early 20s kid, not really seeing the facts. And anyway... So we cut a full record at Broken Bow in the same way. Dude, Big Machine gave me $172,000 to cut a record, 12 songs. We cut 12 songs. I saw zero money from that. The producer made a lot of money. He made like 45 grand. Um, they never released those songs. That, thank mm. God, because those songs sucked. <laughs> but fast forward to Broken Bow, I, you know, I'm still being conditioned of like, yo, we're the ones that brought you here. You need to do what we say. Get to Broken Bow. They're like, you need to get rid of these guys. And I'm like, don't know what to do, don't know what to do. And I was like, I went to the guy, Benny, who owned the company. I was like, yo, man, he's like an older man, like 75-year-old man that's owned this company since he's found Jason Aldean, started the company, off to the races. So they're like, yo, we don't like these guys. You should move. And I'm like, well, they brought me to the dance. So long story short, that guy ends up, the old producer, ends up cutting a record at Big uh, Broken Bow. And I'm, as soon as I hear that record, I literally just started crying. Because I had no say in the music. I had no say in what it sounded like. I was nothing more than a hired musician that didn't get paid, right? Because I'm supposed to make all the money on the back end. Yeah. That's what you know. That's what they always tell an mm-hmm. artist. When realistically, these dudes are just sucking money out of anything they can. That record was crap. So bad. I, mean, I still have those songs. Out of that batch we put out, she does. Okay. And I'm not saying that song is bad or whatever, but it just sounds so dated. Like it did not sound like we cut that record in, in 2014. Right. It sounded like we cut it that in 1996. You write it? I did not write it. Okay. And I didn't write like any of those songs because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to getting over you basically how that happened. So I, I start throwing bombs. I'm like, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm trying to work on your career and I'm like not even working on my career. This is so dumb. So I go to the guy at Broken Bow. I'm like, I hate all of this. I, I just don't want to be here anymore. So he helps me get out of those relationships. I write Getting Over You. And I'm like, all right, I believe in this song. 
the record label would not give me any money to produce that song. So I paid for some of the things. And then other buddies that I wrote it with, a guy named Brent Anderson and Paul DiGiovanni, who you've met, Paul, right? Yep. Well, we did COVID game nights. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, that's right. Paul. What are COVID game nights? This Paul is was Zoom. in Boys Like, like Girls. Whiplash over Zoom. You know, oh, just you know Boys Like Girls in the band? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Do you? Yeah. Dude, I was the biggest. I almost tried to hit the note on The Great Escape. I can't. Throw it away. <laughs> that's it. Uh, I tried so hard to be in Boys Like Girls for a while. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. We, uh, I was in Paul's wedding. Cool. And there was like a picture that I cropped everyone else out, but it's just like the original members of Boys Like Girls and me. And I'm like, yo, go tell my kids this is Boys <laughs> yeah, Like yeah. Girls. And the lead singer is now The Night Game, right? Correct. Martin. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. He just got married. He's like doing things with his life. It's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, right getting over you. And I'm like, I don't care. I love this song. I don't care what has to happen. I love this song. And um, Jared Holly, who you know as well, my manager. Yep. We're like, well, let's figure it out. So we like basically get the song recorded, play it for the label. They're like, we love this. And we're like, no sh- uh, no crap. And Didn't count, didn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. And so we <laughs> put the song out and it did well on Spotify. Yeah. And that was, it was so stupid because first off, I don't have any ownership or participate in any monetary value that song brings. Um, it's had almost 100 million spins across Apple and Spotify alone. It's made roughly like from what I've been told, like uh, north of six hundred, and I've not seen a dime. Right? How? And so I just I had no ownership. So Gosh. Spotify, you have to own the master, and I was still with the label. Yeah. So even though I paid for it, they God. still owned it. But the, how do you not get anything from that? Was it- I mean, I got shows from it, but you know, it, yeah. it played, I got to play some yeah. shows. But anyway, um, that was kind of like that's what led into mom going to heaven, and then my journey. And like this really weird, I hate to say this, but it's the truth, like awakening for me in my life of like, you know what? There is a large part of my being that still wants to to do, to finish what I set out on, you know, back in 2009, 10. However, I will never do it at the cost of, of what it actually cost me in the other years. And it wasn't cancer or it wasn't the loss of my mother that I was talking about. That's life. You know, like we cannot control those things. It was me choosing to put myself in a situation on a daily basis where these people suck. They are terrible. Like to this day, terrible people. And there's a lot of great people in Nashville. Right. But the ones that I was connected to were terrible people. And it's like not even a bad experience. I mean, it's a well-known thing, right? They're predators. um, And so with all, yes, not the, not the, not NHL players. Correct. Uh, with all that being said, though, as lonely as it was, as stupid as it was, as ridiculous as it felt most days, because, um, you know, as goofy and funny as I like to be, it's like I also feel very deeply. Blame it on the day job, I guess. But I feel very deeply. And so I just could not make sense out of like this whole big portion of my life. And realistically, getting on the other side of the actual health stuff and the mom stuff, I was like, OK, Man, I want to make stuff that I, first off, I would listen to. And secondly, that I don't ever have to worry about approval because not anything and everything I do will not be loved by the masses. You know what I mean? Of course. Not every single song will be, even have a response like getting over you. But I am just want to be in a place where it's like I'm making music, I'm playing shows, I know where home base is, I know where 
I, I know we're in first, second, third for that matter too. It's like, I, I know where we're at. I know what playing field we're on. I'm not playing on their field where it's like they swap the chessboard every single day and I mm-hmm. don't know where I'm at. And I just never want to ever put myself in that position again. And so like that has honestly been the fuel for the music more than anything, more than even like actual inspiration to write songs. Yeah. And anyway, it's been a very fun process those last few months. Yeah. I mean, I've always hear, heard broadly like, yeah, like the music industry is so like stacked against artists so it's interesting to hear a specific story from somebody that's just like yeah i just was thought these were the people that i needed to get ahead of my career and turns out they did not care about us they care about just getting a bunch of us and making their money and saying oh get it on the back end and then oh you're quitting cool well we'll find another whatever just i'll say this disposable they treat you like bad there are so many people that treat you like bad is that they they do yeah they do treat you like bad um i feel as if if you look at, like, I'm sure you can do this with any business, but in my business, if you look at all these different parts as tools, right? Building this, you're building this house. A manager can be really helpful in building a house. Um, a record label, a publisher, a booking agent, uh, a business manager, all of these are necessary to build this house. But if you use the tool out of its wrong turn, you're going to bring destruction on the house. And I had a record deal. I had two record deals, one with Big Machine, one with Broken Bow, way before I had anything to say. And so, like, that's on me. You know what I mean? Now, I was a young kid. I thought a record deal is what you needed. I thought this is what you needed. And I'm not saying that you don't. You do, right? Like, I, I'm, I hope that I'm in a position in the future with these songs that I can sit across the table from a record label exec and be like, I feel like this is why we would partner well together. But if I can't say that, then it doesn't matter because yeah. I don't need them at the time. You get food? Yeah. Oh, they're here. They're in the front. Um, that's my baby sister making a cameo. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I feel like that's probably the way it is with anybody. Like if you're doing, you know, comedy all the time, it's like if you're not out there busting it, working on comedy, then you don't have anything to say. Like if you don't need an agent for what? It doesn't bomb? matter. It doesn't matter who calls if you're yeah. not ready. If you're not right. ready, you're going to bomb. It just depends on what size the crowd is. So it's like, I felt I was just bombing all the time because mm-hmm. I had nothing to say. And dude, also in making this record these last few months, especially I got to give a lot of props to Brent Anderson and Matt McVaney, because the way we've cut this record has been so unusual um, for country. Like Matt is such a good producer, like what they call it in the box, all in the computer. Right? So we go to a studio, we come up with the music, Brent's unbelievable player. So he plays these parts and then we build it from literally acoustic guitar out. Like this last Wednesday, we just went into the, a big studio and had professional drums, or some homies of ours, professional drums and professional bass on top of what we already created. So it's not like your stereotypical Nashville studio day is we have all these songs that we've written. We've written out the chords. They call them charts. We've written the chords on the charts. They, these guys are hearing these songs for the very first time ever. Ever. And this is supposed to be your lasting record. Now, these dudes are really talented. And for the most part, you get in there and it sounds super good. But like the window to catch magic is like it can go from this big to literally the size of a straw. Because if you don't catch it, you're spending roughly 20 grand today on four se- or two sessions with five different musicians. If everyone's not on the same page and you do not get exactly what you hear in your heart and your ears, you missed it. Oh. Yeah, that's what it's going to be forever. And that's what it's going to be forever. And that was my life for about eight years. 
there was three different producers, realistically. I worked with more, but three big ones that I worked with that they basically was like, I'll front the money. And I'm like, okay, because you never want to spend your own money. Of you course. know what I mean? I'll front the money. And it always turned out that way. It was always just like, felt like we had enough songs. Uh, they're okay. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. And then you just don't get it. And then you're just kind of like you. I've, I've gotten on the treadmill or walked in the neighborhood to listen to my mixes before more times than I can tell you. And I've just been like, I just wanted to cry. I just felt so defeated because yeah. you just know that like that 20 grand, dude, 20 grand is 20 grand. You know what I mean? And like you blew it because you're never wanting to li listen to these songs or hear these songs. Oh, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. Last time I saw you, we got pancakes. We had to make it ourselves in the, that weird restaurant. That's you took pretty me cool to. though. It was cool. Um, you had to make pancakes. It's called the, the Funky restaurant? Griddle. Okay. You know that Korean barbecue where you do, uh, yeah? It's like that, but pancakes. But for rednecks. Cool. Yeah, but redneck Korean They barbecue. literally, they bring you eggs and everything. Like you have to crack in everything. Yeah, it's, they just didn't want to do it. They're just lazy. I yeah, love you, just, hey, I you, love you Funky Griddle. Yeah, yeah. One day their chef called in sick and they're like, what if we just made the customers do it? <laughs> and then they're like, they're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> they'll still come and they'll still have to cook. What? They, they're, they're pay, they they're said, I think they would pay more to do this. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty um, much it. But yeah, we were there and you're like, I just got four new songs back. I was like, oh, it's awesome. Can't wait to hear them. And you're like, it's not it. Yep. I'm going to throw them on the track. You know the difference? Like, no way. The difference in that right there was Ashley Gorley, who was the number one songwriter in the world. He has like 55 number ones. Okay. It's, he'll never be touched. And he is one of the... Like country or pop I mean, or... Country, everybody. but um, I mean, he has Charlie Puth number ones. Okay. He has, uh, he like, writes with John Bellion all the time. Hmm. Um He's just the man. Cool. He really is. And he's so kind. And what's where we play basketball every week. Is oh, gotcha. He, he has his own court and like I host the basketball because he put me in charge of it. Anyway, we had just literally had, had done that. And that was like the one of the final. It's so weird that you were actually there for that because that was one of the final realizations for about a week. I didn't really talk to anybody. I talked to manager. I didn't talk to my dad. I just kind of like just got through that week. I was like, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I don't, it's not like I have like so many different people knocking at my door for like, come cut these songs, you know? Yeah. And I have the number one guy in the world, like all genre, the world, trying to cut songs with me. We got him back and I literally just had to take a deep breath and I called him and I was like, man, cannot even begin to thank you for how much time and money. However, these don't move me. And he took a big old deep breath inside. He was like, you know, man, I agree with you. He goes, I listen to these songs. They sound fine. He goes, but I don't listen to these songs outside of going to listen to these songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And dude, it just like melted butter all over me. I was just like, oh, thank God. Like, it yeah. just, because someone agrees with me. And I, my first initial thought was, why did I do this 10 years ago? Right. Why didn't I say this 11 years ago? Like it could, my whole life could be different right now. Yeah. But then you kind of get rid of that, you know, and you're just like, thank, thank God that I'm in this moment right now that a guy of his stature, a guy of his ability, um, agrees with me. Like he, he doesn't think I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. And so that's where Brent and then Matt comes into play because Brent is a wonderful producer in his own right. Matt was a part of a lot of the Kane Brown stuff early days. And so I, and they're both friends. And I called him. I was like, this is my, this is how I see this in my head. How does that work? And they're like, we're in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's so stressful. The comedy version is when I haven't recorded an album, but my friends who have done, you know, a special or an album, 
in comedy, it's all live. So you're not obviously doing stand up in a studio, but it's like, we're doing two shows this night and in those two shows, we got to get it. And if one, one of your jokes doesn't work in both of those shows, probably not putting it in. And so it's like, yeah, we have this window to get it. The difference with that pressure and the pressure that I've been in the last few months is that it's on you. Yeah. Like so much of this other pressure, it wasn't even on me. Like I couldn't even help, I couldn't even help the cause if I wanted to, because I had no part in it. Like the songs were already pre-chosen. Musicians already pre-chosen. This dude I worked with knew exactly. And I'm not saying he was trying to F me. He was trying to help in the long run. But however, it's like, what does it matter if it sounds crappy? What does it matter if the jokes don't land? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. So it's like, I, I'm okay with it having to be on me. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it was on me. Like, yeah. I, you know, I could have done something different or it was on. But in the same breath, it's like, okay, I'm not saying this is going to be the best record that's been released in country music by any means, but I'm proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I've never been able to say that before. Well, and that feels great that if, if those songs bomb, but you're proud of them, you know that like, yeah. all right, I did everything I could. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You put songs no you're not one, proud about there and yeah. you don't listen to them, like, well, I didn't even like them. You're like, I wonder if I could have fixed them. Yeah. 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 You're exactly right. Yeah. The only thing that the stand-ups doing albums and specials have to rely on is that the audience is good. Yeah. That's the only other people you have to really, I mean, obviously that people turned on the cameras and did all that for stuff. Sure. But for you, you can do your job perfectly. And then if the rest of it doesn't come together, it's not a good song. Yep. Even if you did, you know, the main part. 12 out of 10. Yeah. Just like, well, I hope everybody else did a 12 out of 10. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I'll say this too. The thing um, that really kind of flipped the switch in the end of summer when we really started to focus on this stuff was Cappy, uh, one of my managers, um, came to me and was like, hey, man, he's Luke Combs' manager. And he was like, hey, man, life has been really good the last three years, okay? Um, I believe in you. I think you're great what do you need for this to, to this happen? And he's like, I'll say this. You have X amount of dollars, which was more than we'd ever need. You have X amount of dollars. I want you to go write and record songs that you love. I don't care if they're all ballads. I don't care if they're all tempos. It doesn't matter. Just go write and record songs that you love. And when you've done that, come to me. Just give them to me. Don't ask for my approval. He goes, I don't want to be in the studio. I don't want to, whatever. Bring them to me and I'll do my job. And I was like, man, like no one has ever, yeah, ever said anything to me. That rocks. Because it's like, dude, that's how it's supposed to be, right? Right. Like, I've, I've often said this with record labels. Now, in theory, this sounds so dumb, but I think longevity-wise, it would make sense. These record labels sign these kids nowadays, you know, they have a TikTok following or, or whatever. And we're finding so much of that is just like fairy dust. Like the the it doesn't always translate to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Now it translates in that world and these people are blowing up yeah, clicks and G- views and, and all that. But like when you try to transfer it into like the real world of what we do, it doesn't. So then like for me, like I was an artist with no following and this was before like TikTok and Instagram was a thing, but I was an artist, with no following, no what, but they believed in like my voice or whatever. It's like so much. I feel like these record labels would get off so much better in the long run. If they sign an artist cause they love them and they're like, how much do you need for your record? And okay, we'll give you 75 grand. Go cut eight songs. Yeah. And they just let them do it. And they don't say you should cut this, cut this, cut this, cut. Just let the natural selection happen. Yeah. What happens? And they put the song out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you know what? You gave them a try. Right. I feel like that would put so much more natural pressure on artists to be artists 
and to come up because they have an opportunity because what they do is they'll sign an artist and they will literally like a washcloth. will just wring it dry of every drip mm-hmm. and then let it go. And they're in the hole. The artist is in the hole. Like it's so backwards. It's like, so you guys got a number one record with this person, but it was a song that never translated. So literally the day they stop playing it, it's not in recurrence. No one is listening to this on Spotify. No one's going to find it. You know, so it all dies. Every, all the money you've put into that all dies because you knew in the first place the song sucked. Like that is the world that we're in right now in the music business. It's like, man, if you guys just signed artists and let them do that, no one, no one, I believe, ever seeking a record label contract wants to suck. So like you have to give them the belief that they want to be successful. Yeah. Give them the money because the record labels have it right now. They're seeing so much... The artists that are streaming well, do they own the masters? So they get all that money. They have the ability to allow an artist to be an artist. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like artist development is so much different than what it should be. And that's, I believe, would be just a euphoric change for the music business. It would just be like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they allowed artists to fail on their own. Because if they did, then you know the product. You know what I mean? It's not worth it. So I don't know. I'm just a big advocate for like let the let them do their thing that they hear in their head there needs to be tweaks along the way i get it let them start the process at least mm-hmm. at least because obviously the other way is not working there's been like 15 people let go of sony this year alone and no telling how much money they spent across the board right. for that so, so what, yeah. do you, what do you tell a young artist now you got like a college kid with a special voice that can write songs they have people knocking on their doors with deals like what do you what do you say uh, watch Shark Tank a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because um, and that sounds so dumb and it is dumb but does that have anything to do with music or you just like the show no it right. it, it does in the respects of like everything that a young person has to do with music has nothing to do with how their actual future is going to be portrayed through a, a document mm. there's not one thing that I moved here thinking was going to happen to me that has happened to me I mean, I thought I was going to be Luke Bryan by now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not. So, like, what do I do? Do I, do I quit or do I learn? I feel like um, it always it has to – you just have to point out the tangible things in your life. Like, what do I actually have? Okay, I have a guitar. I have, uh, I have some songs. Maybe they could be better. You know, maybe they couldn't. It doesn't matter. That's what I have. And past that, every single – you've got to look at it in a way of, like, okay – uh, this publisher is wanting to to talk to me. Do I believe in myself that much or do I need what that publisher has to bring? And like a, if you're a new person in Nashville, like my contract with Universal, I was there for eight years and like not a lot happened, but they put me in so many different rooms by booking rights. I got to know the town. So that was like, I mean, priceless to me. Yeah. I mean, no matter how much or how little I was making from them at that time, it's the tool that I needed. Right now, I would not sign that same contract with Universal today. Uh, I feel like all these different people. It's like, yeah, go, go TikTok, go Instagram, go, go be known, go do your thing. There's like some kids going around Nashville right now that I won't say their names, but they're like a lot of the quote unquote business people are trash them right now, like mm-hmm. trashing them. And like you know, there's a part of me that could trash them too because it's not you know my cup of tea. But at the end of the day, it's like these people are surviving. Like it may not be your taste or what you like or whatever, but like now it's turning in, they're like selling out venues, yeah, like yeah. small they're, ones. They're doing it, but they're doing it. Like stop hating, stop hating. You know, yeah. 
It's like, obviously I can agree with, for the most part, and it's pretty much 90% of the time that like, if someone I know is hating on this person, I know they're more talented than this person. Like, that's not the question, but it's like, they're making it happen. Mm -hmm. So marketing is a big part of it. Let's make it happen. Well, and that's a huge thing of stand up, you know, and the social media content side of it is still kind of looked down on a little bit or just people wanting to do it the traditional way still kind of dreaming about an HBO exec being in the back of a room when you crush yeah. and like, we're going to give you a special and you're just a traditional standup. That's dead. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely the same thing. You roll your eyes when you see on the comedy club website, there's somebody from TikTok doing a show that night. But like, yeah. Yeah. They didn't do it the same way, but they still earned it in a different way to get to be there. If you can sell tickets, that is the job. And I'll and say so this. I mean, it might not survive as long on stage once the initial everybody's happy to see them and then it's like all right well now what's the next 45 minutes yeah it'll give you a couple chances and it and it's it's you know it it works its way out if they're good they'll stay if they're not they won't last long and that's but, what, but you can't be mad about them getting opportunity because they worked hard in a different they're way they're working to get it. hard yeah. now if you guys are like me you know there is that little thing in the bottom of my gut that's just like agrees with every negative thing that all my homies are saying about the tiktok people of course um but like you said it's like if they've opened the door for themselves they get the same eight minutes that everyone else gets to like pop up there and try to make a bit work. And at that point, it does not matter what got them there. No. It only matters what they say. Seinfeld says he only gets five minutes of everybody being like, whoa, it's Seinfeld. And then they're like, so what is he talking about? Exactly. All that to be said, it's like, man, if you're writing songs, it doesn't matter. If it's good, I want to believe the glass is half full and that if you keep doing that, it'll, it'll work, it'll pay off. I've just seen it happen too many times. I've seen too many people that have kind of come up with on the, I mean, I started my radio tour with Dan and Shay, Kelsey Ballerini, um, Thomas Rhett. I mean, who else is popping off right now? I've seen all, so I've seen the success side. I know way more homies though, that are still like quote unquote struggling, mm -hmm. trying to make it that are way more talented. Friggin, Chris Stapleton, you know, is the topic of country music conversation in the last few years. And that guy, that guy was playing down on 8th Avenue at a bar that doesn't exist anymore. And he was the only one keeping the doors open for like a $4 cover. And dude was like pushing 40 before he got a record deal. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, so like what, what does it mean? Like, what yeah. is it? What is the, what is the barometer? And it's like Chris Stapleton just kept doing Chris Stapleton for almost 40 years before people were like, Oh, this is really good. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if Chris Stapleton like was being Chris Stapleton and then he stopped to make some TikToks to get a record deal? Right. And so now the Chris Stapleton that we know is not the guy that he's always been. It's just so messed up. That's why some, you know, do your thing. Like no stone left un unturned. Go check it out. Go try it out. But if you're not like writing dope songs then none of it matters anyway, I guess. Yeah, I get that. Uh, we do need to go back a little bit because we have alluded to one ball. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, we ask all our guests, uh, Jackie, how many testicles do you have? Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of two testicle guests and a lot of zero testicle guests. We've mostly totally. gotten twos and zeros. This is our first uniball. Now, the zero testicle guests, did they start out that way? They were women. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to class, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. you just don't know. So, um, so far. Yes. It was, uh, I can run faster. Yeah. I can jump higher. Aerodynamic. Yeah. Um, I find myself sometimes if the wind is behind me, watch out. That's Whoa. how, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so you were doing the, the radio tour. That was from at least my knowledge. You were yeah. starting to kind of 
starting to take off a little bit. Well, we had put two singles out that just flopped like dead fish. Right and, after? No, right before. Oh, okay. And so I wrote Getting Over You. And I was like, I believe in the song. Yeah. And then literally, mom got really, really bad <clears throat> the leading up to June. So like mom was mom for a really long time. She, she battled for three years. And then uh, I was living out in Mount Juliet at the time. So they would come stay with me. And she was doing a lot of treatments in Nashville. But then that last month, it got like real bad, you know? And so... Um, and this is while getting over you was we, everywhere? We're, that whole story I told about um, getting over you being made yeah. was happening during this time. Okay, okay. And that was like one of the last songs my mother ever heard of mine, you know? So like it was special for a lot of reasons. The label was very kind to... Um, kind of let me go to that world for a while. And then um, it's so weird. My mother, um, she was at a place. They moved her from the hospital to this other place um, right off Charlotte Avenue. And so to this day, I avoid Charlotte Avenue. Like hmm. I, I literally, I even have some friends that live over that way. And like I'll go the complete opposite way sometimes. And those are the things that like when you're dealing with loss, no one really talks to you about. You know what I mean? On the days that like this means nothing to no one. And I'm being a weirdo because I won't go down the street. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So all that happens June the 4th, 2016. Um, mom, you know, she was our whole world. She was, you know, everything. So it's like a, say a meteor hit our life is just to say the least. But I probably waited, um, it was like September, the, the my mom's birthday, September 4th. So it was that weekend. Um Virginia, Arkansas line called me and they wanted me to go right with them that weekend. So Whoops. I, I went up there. <laughs> oh no. I do not give any Fs. Um, I went up there and I called my dad. I was up there for like 12 hours. We were in Cleveland, Ohio. And I was like, man, something's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel bad. I took some Advil. Don't have a headache. I just, I don't know. And that's the truth. I did not know. And then about two days after that, I had gotten this pain like right below my belt line. Um, like kind of pushing toward my groin on the right side. Yeah, there's some essentials down there. Yeah. And, but still it wasn't testicle involved. Like I did not think that. Yeah. It was, um, Andrew could probably relate to some of this. He's, yeah, had, he's had some issues. Been having a lot of butt pain lately or earlier in the year. He had a kidney stone. So he had oh, to, Oh dude, you know. I would rather get my testicle chopped off than have a kidney stone. I believe only once though, from what I have, from what I hear that one time. Cause if you do two times, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can only have two testicles removed. You can have as many kidney stones as nature lets you. That's what you. I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear. But so far, so good. Only one. Yeah. Okay, so you had un Dude, under I, the belt I line. I heard that's the worst pain of all time. It was the worst. I threw up in my friend's car It was as he was driving me to the emergency room. Insane. So sorry. Yeah. Um, all right, so you had a pain you. around, yeah. but not on. So long story short, dad's like, you know what? Dude, I had been to the doctor since I was freaking 13 years old. Okay? Yeah. Like, I'm fine. Get back to Nashville. Didn't even have a doctor. Call like a family physician. Get in there and... Dude, I had like 15 doctor's appointments from September until December. And so this old lady, I had like eight ultrasounds done on my sack. Mm -hmm. And it was all, you know. She, and that's like a that's like a panini press situation, right? No. No? no? I thought it was like a you lay the, no. you open the door and slam no, it. No, this is straight up. Or like, that's like a mammogram. Is that what mammograms do? Yes. Maybe. Yeah, I've watched a bunch of videos. Why That's are you mammogram. watching mammogram videos, dude? I'm not, hey, Andrew's the one who knows. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of ultrasounds and mammogram footage. <laughs> and ultrasound. I had an ultrasound down there for my kidney stone because we didn't know what it was. Yeah. Very warm. Oh, very warm. The jelly. Oh, ultrasounds just like the... That's what they do to pregnant ladies. Yeah, like they... No, it's, that, like, it's an iron up, with jelly that you just They're up it. in there, bro. Like, she was like... 
Yeah. I mean, How do you I was up a in, small up in wind a- away from having a good time, dude. It was bad. Whew. And she was like... I, at the moment, when it was happening to me, I was like, it's a good thing I'm in so much pain right now. <laughs> <laughs> they work it, bro. They work it. Um, Gosh. This lady was pushing 80. Yeah. And uh, honest to goodness, like the eighth time kind of going in there, I was like, I swear I'm not pregnant. I swear I'm not pregnant. That's mm-hmm. how many times she had hooked this machine up to me. And <laughs> the thing I found out, testicular cancer, although it's like, if you're going to have cancer, I've literally been told this by doctors, this is the one you want. <laughs> you like, literally said that. Oh, thank you yeah. so much for telling me that. Um, yeah. However, they cannot do a biopsy. So they do not know. So they just have to remove unless, it to be safe. Unless it is like stage four all over your body, if it is encapsulated, they can even try blood markers. It is like extremely, extremely difficult for them to tell. Like it's like 50-50. So they got to take it out? So I get a call. And we're going, like, this was uh, the first Thanksgiving without my mother. So, like, we're talking about doing something drastic. You know, we, we have, like, traditions like every Southern family where you go to one of the aunts or uncles' homes, and we're all there. And so I was like, we got to do something different. So I talked my dad into go to New York City. We're in New York City. Day before Thanksgiving, I get a call from my doctor. He's like, hey, what's going on, Jackie? Um, just want to let you know, man, that I think we should probably go ahead and take this thing out, you know? And um, he kept talking. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? He goes, well, we need to take your testicle out. I was like, of my body? And like, then, what do you mean? And Tem- then you'll look at it and see and then put it back yeah, in? Temporarily? Yeah, exactly. So like, what's, what's, go back? what's going on here? I get it back. And <laughs> again, long story short, at that point, I had started radio tour for mm. getting over you. So from like Thanksgiving all the way till Christmas, which I had a New Year's Eve show that year, and no one knew other than my father. Um, I didn't tell my sister at the time or my brother because, dude, we're on the heels of our mother going to heaven. Like, and also, we don't really know what this is. I'm just trying to deal with it, kind of keep it all in my head. December 15th, I landed from like Boston, December 14th. December 15th, like 4 a.m., I'm at St. Thomas West Hospital. They start drugging me up. The surgery was outpatient, supposed to happen super quick. Doc walks in. He was like, so it's customary for me. Anything you like to say or, you know, anything, whatever. Ask me. And I was like, Doc, whatever you do. My dad said I was high as a kite. He's like, whatever you do, do not take the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. And so surgery happens. I, I'm back home that night. I had like a 14-day mandatory on the couch. Play a New Year's Eve show that year, 2017. I'm on the road with Dan Shea mm-hmm. all year long. Do that thing. Oh, um, you just kind of skimmed over the surgery. Uh, so you're completely out. Well, he said he had never seen a wiener so small. Yeah, I'm just um, they always they always mention that. At the it's, I mean, how does it work? How does the surgery work, dude? They just the worst thing to ever happen. Is it like to a me, shop vac? Worst thing to ever happen to me was I had a doctor friend show me what the surgery is oh, like. No, worst thing to ever happen to me because like if I think about it today, it's a I'm, HIPAA violation, dude. For sure, and I won't name who it was, but basically they cut an incision right below your belt line into your pubic area. And they go into your sack through that hole, and they grab. Wait, your, that's not the easiest way to get, get yeah, there. They, don't, so they, they the, don't come from the bottom up. The problem go with the going through the down. scrotum is that if they cut into the scrotum and accidentally snip anything to do with your testicle, they have to shave your scrotum off because it's now been contaminated with cancer. So we definitely didn't want that. Whoa. Oh yeah, dude. So the cancer is just like swimming around in there. It's not like a no. The cancer is encapsulated in the testicle that's why they say it's the best one to have oh, but if oh, oh, any oh. type of damage happens to that testicle 
like coming into the scrotum, yeah, yeah. it could spread everywhere. It's like an over-easy egg. You crack that baby, and it's going everywhere. It's like in the old Superman movies when the bad guys would be stuck in those things. I testicles? <laughs> yeah, I think they were like testicle, <laughs> like prisons. eggs. Oh, I yeah. think I know what you're talking about. They were like, like where you can just like see their face. Oh, yeah, like Christopher yeah. Reeves. Yeah, like, you just want to keep them in there. If they get out, they wreak havoc on the world. Yeah, oh. that's what was going on with my nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they go in. Oh no, you had like a C-section almost. Yeah, it was a C-section basically. Wow. All my children. Okay, yeah, now you can move on. I just want to know about we. The um, yeah, dude, it, and I was like, you know, if the reason it's 14-day mandatory is because if I were to open that wound, it would not be a good thing. So, Wait, what is 14-day mandatory? Sorry, I, I had to be on the couch. Yeah. Like, oh, I couldn't oh, walk couldn't around. Move. But I played a New Year's Eve show that year. Like, on the 13th day, I played a New Year's Eve show. This um, might be a very dumb question, but were you? did you ask your doctor, like, is this going to affect my voice? <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> Am I going to drop an octave? <laughs> I did ask him a lot of other manly questions. Yeah, uh, of Just course. like... So yeah, uh, everything still work. Yeah, and it, dude, what's crazy? Like for the first like two years afterwards, I had to do testosterone, you know, testing mm-hmm. just to see where it's at. And my testosterone was like twenty seven percent higher with just one testicle. Whoa! And I asked him, I was uh, like, "Is that really, because really stepped up?" He did. I was like, "Is that because he has to work harder?" And he was like, "Yeah, probably." And they also say that like in the first year and a half, like your testicle can completely take a different shape. Because it's having to like learn how to live without the other. It's one. got more space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had to live without its friend. It misses him. Dude. It's like what, goldfish, right? Yeah. yeah, but his friend is toxic. So yeah. I had to get him out of his life. I had to cut him out of his life. Dude. Smart, yeah. smart, smart. That's how deeply I'm into the. Top so wait, so they they take it out, they run the test, and it was cancer. It was about a month. Yeah, and uh, so it was about the end of January, mid January. Um, and they were like, <laughs> they were always so kind on the phone, you know? Of course. You know, and they're like, hey, Jackie, what's going on, man? And, you know, making small talk just for him to tell me, yeah, you had uh, terminal cancer in your ball. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they told me that, and I was like, so what do we do? And they're like, do we just keep doing customary three-month checkups? So, dude, every three months in 2017, I was getting checkups, and I was playing shows. Like, I was literally having to book the doctor appointments around playing these shows and it was August very end of August and I went to do every time I got tested I would do a CAT scan I have to go like five in the morning drink these two large Kool-Aid drinks that die in them yeah is that the panini press no this is more of a um, convectional oven (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> and they put you in the and the, the thing goes around you know so every single time it was I was clean I was clean I was clean I was clean and August came back the came they call it hot scan came back hot and so they're like we need you to do a pet scan so I did the pet scan that came back hot from there I had to do this radiation thing because I ne- when I did chemo I didn't really have to do radiation I was it was like these ginormous bags of chemo I mean like it was so daunting like having to walk in there and see those but and I'm there from like eight in the morning to about four in the evening five days a week um when I had to start chemo. So I lost my, where I was at. Oh, um, so getting, leading into having to do chemo, we did, I did that test that came back hot. He was like, I want to seek a second opinion. I go see Dr. Einhorn, who is Lance Armstrong's doctor in Indianapolis. And it was my my dad and I go up there and my, my mom's sisters. Is that, does it say that on his name tag? It says his name, then it says Lance Armstrong's doctor. Dude, Lance Armstrong is the least cool person he's treated. Like he is treated like, cause he's a cheater and a fraud. Yeah, that's also true. Okay. But I just meant like the other way as well. Like even if he wasn't a cheater and fraud, like yeah, yeah. astronauts, presidents. Whoa, this guy was the man, yeah. and like he was so like so warm. You have and to be kind. you have to be verified for him to work on you. Absolutely, yeah. That's nice. what was going on. And he walked in. He was like, Jackie, 
you're 26, 27, however old I was. He said, you're, you have your health. You're going to get through this. And like, that was the first time that it really sank in that I was even going through cancer. Hmm. I'm not going to lie to you because everything had just been blind. Everything had just been put the blinders on, just get work done, put the blinders on. We'll deal with this later. Yeah. And that was the first time when it kind of all, cause I had not done chemo yet. And so we come back, talked to my doctor. I was like, man, I have shows through December. Well, can I start late October? And he's like, yeah, for sure. Cause the cancer was so small. So I started chemo and I played shows all the way through the weekend before Thanksgiving. And on that weekend I was back in Cleveland of all places, kind of where it all started. And I was the most sick I've ever been in my entire life. We could not check into our hotel, which was only like a Hampton Inn. I had to get this uh, $29 hotel motel room just to be able to go someplace. Cause we couldn't check in our hotel yet. And I was there all day until showtime, fevering my butt off, fevering so bad. And I go and play the show. I couldn't even sing half the songs. My bass player stepped up. It was one of the worst nights of my entire life. And then we did not go to the hospital. They were like, we're taking the emergency room. I was like, no, we're going back to Nashville. And we drove straight to Nashville. Did not stop to pee. It was like a 10-hour drive. We gassed up like once. And got back home. They took me straight to the ER. And they were just like, what's going on? You have nothing. You have no platelets. You have no hemoglobin. You have no red, white blood cells. What you, I said, I started chemo about you know a month ago. And they're like, holy, and admitted me. And that night's when all my hair fell out. And that's when we started the cancer journey. Whoa. Wow. Goodness gracious. It, it's pretty wild. incredibly humbling um, losing your own hair and then watching someone lose their hair and grow it right back perfectly. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I mean, good for you. I'm glad, I'm glad that's happened. But... <laughs> It was wild, man. And that lasted from, um, obviously, all the music business stuff we talked about earlier. I do wish I had learned so many of the, just the jargon and just being able to, being able to navigate myself without feeling inferior. But then you throw in all of that with my mother not being here and then yeah. me having cancer afterwards. And like, you just quickly realize how none of that matters. It really does. Like it matters because I want those things. Right. But as far as what matters, that ain't it. And that has been the thing I do believe. And dude, I still like very, I mean, in a short amount of time, I, I had to deal with the grief of my mother and also go through cancer. So like I should probably be the person every single day of his life that never has a bad day because I know what it's like to have a bad day. Um, but that's also not the truth either. And it's very unfair to anyone that is living life. Every day can be not good. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I just, that's where I've probably changed the most. And that's what's probably changed my music. Probably what's changed a lot of things. It's just, yo, it, it could be worse than this. Yeah, and now I got something to say. Yeah, now we got something to say. Yeah. Uh, so you're all good now. We're all good now. Does, uh, you still fertile myrtle with one? Oh, yeah. I had, to I had to test all that too. I have to test. Well, I haven't been to the doc. I kind of figured out. So everyone, my doctor is amazing. But, dude, those scans are freaking crazy expensive. And my, oh. you know, insurance covers a lot of it. And, dude, it's been 2000, January of 18 since I've been free. And he told me, like, two trips ago, he's like, if it was going to come back, it would have come back now. by now. You're good. But I kept going for checkups. And so I was supposed to go for a checkup back in February. But I ended up rupturing my Achilles. You remember that? Yeah. Basketball, right? And so when I did that, I was just kind of like, I'm not going to the doctor. Like, I'm I'm fine. I'm healthy. I've been I've done that for three years. Like, four years, I'm fine. 
And so this was like the first year I was kind of like, it really is over. It's over. So yeah, it's cool. there is a unbelievable song and video called Long Year that Jackie uh, came out with about, I mean, losing your mom. Ball counts. And Ball also cancer. your cancer. Yeah, it's a, oof. It's a, <laughs> it's a it in. tearjerker. It's wonderful. Go check it out. Thanks, man. Um, all right, we need to get out of here. Yeah, this is yeah. a, a long so one. We've t- taken a are lot we, of your Are we afternoon. still even in my house? Like, yeah, I don't know. You said yeah it? too fast when I said we got to get out of here. You yeah. Said, yeah. yeah, you guys no, really I, no, actually No, I said should. that because I agree with you. All right. We yeah. should take the microphones, though, and just get out of here. Yeah. 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 Please. What if we did drive around in your car and just do this? That'd be kind of cool. It would be fun. Yeah. Uh, what can we expect? Yeah. When, when are the jams coming out? <laughs> Probably very end of January, yeah. Oh, Jan Jan. Can, we, you, can we hear him? If you come now? Tuesday, you can hear them. Yeah. All right, I want to hear him Tuesday. I, I don't even have anything to play. Like I have zero. I have nothing. Like we have all the files, and they're pretty much done. But I don't have anything. Exclusive. To hear. Can you tell? Yeah. Can you uh, break any news? What's the first single? Um, it may be a song called. <clears throat> it's actually way different than it sounds, but Cold Beer, Country Music, and You. That's one song. Cold mm. Beer, Country Music, and You. Basically, all about. I could I could go without the course, everything the cor- except for the course is um, I'll always drink Miller Lite on Friday nights like this even if it always only tastes like your kiss. I always crank the radio when they play Tim McGraw even if it only uh, even if I only ever hear you sing along. There's things I'll always love no matter what you put me through. Cold beer, country music, and you. Mm. I got the goosebumps. <laughs> Did you? A little bit. It's a little chilly in here. It is. Yeah, it's a chilly. <laughs> I can't say that it's definitely because the lyrics, but. <laughs> combination of a few things but you did say them around the same time i got chills yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yes um all right where can people follow along um, on the internet aaron tuning yeah. verified mm-hmm. yeah yeah so uh jackie lee music i think I, dude tell me what you think about this i think i just want to go about jackie you're the jackie just well, like jackie you think you're shakira dude yeah dude i do Jackie. No, just like Lee's the, your middle name. So Lee like is my yeah, middle yeah, yeah. name. Who are, the, who are the other famous Jackies that would might have a problem with Jackie Kennedy? Jackie she's gone. But I'm saying like everybody has Jackie something. Robinson. Like Everyone is like Jackie something. No one's just Jackie. Isn't that the name? And of I like it the because Jackie like, Robinson movie. What is? Is it called Jackie? Oh, that'd be sick. I mean, was that was that like 44 get, or something? Yeah, it's called 44. Yeah, you're right. Jackie's still available. But anyway, I just like no one already doesn't know what to expect. Jackie Lee, except I get a few like you know stereotypical comments. I don't know. I think it works. What Jackie if you pushed Lee? it together know. into one name, Jackie Lee? Jackie, Jackie Lee. Jackie Lee. Do you like that? Yeah. Don't say it with that accent though. It felt weird. I'm saying quick, Jackie Lee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't. Sounds like you're a martial artist. Oh, I sound like I'm <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little no. bit Asian. Oh, I could definitely sound Asian. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not try. <laughs> Are you still sure. live? You still red? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm red in the face. <laughs> We started with some inappropriate Shane jokes about your Hey, man, listen, when you have one testicle and you've been stripped of what it feels like to have anything to embarrass you, you there's nothing that does. Like, there's stuff that I'm sure that embarrasses me. Yeah. But like, I just don't have that many things. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> you, oh, gosh. Going out with Jackie is an experience. I have to, like, like talk myself up in the mirror and be like, you're okay? We went to whatever the Nashville versus Atlanta <laughs> soccer game the oh, weekend yeah, before the dude. world shut down. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was right. Yeah. Oh, it, wow. It was. It was March first. Holy. Because uh, it was my friend Tyler's birthday. But it was March first, and you were you brought some dumb cowboy hat to yeah to cheer for Nashville, just screaming the whole time, the whole time, trying to embarrass me, and it worked. Yeah. Very well. And then we went to that club at Acme. Yeah, it was top of Acme, and I was yeah. doing the same thing there. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yep. He, there's a couple friends in my life that do this, and I hate it so much. We'll be like, hey, this is Aaron from Fine. Do you recognize him? People are like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, I want to die. You can tell Aaron because it's like right above the cheekbones where he first gets red, and, <laughs> then, just, and then just the rest of the face. Right above the glasses. Yeah, oh, right I hate that. that. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate it, hate it. <laughs> Love it. Um, Jackie, what's your email sign off? What do you put right before your name? I don't, um, but now I feel shameful that I don't, so I'm sorry. You don't have any? No. Do you just put your name? Um, or do you just uh, not even have a well, name? Well, we've already kind of talked about, well, we didn't talk about this, but I mentioned it to you guys earlier. It's like, I, I truly am the least technologically advanced person of our age, I think. Hmm. Like, I'm as far as the metaverse and everything goes, I'm going to be the old guy that we talked about, you know, in his 30s. It was like, oh, life was better this time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's going to be me, for sure. So, yeah. I don't even have, um, dude, if I told you my email, which you know it, it would make you laugh for what my actual email is because like your email address. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't tell us. I can't, I'll tell you in a second, but not, this is know. great for listeners. Yeah. I'll tell you in a second, <laughs> okay. but it's such a joke that that's my email address. You're just like, Oh yeah. Maybe just like check for lumps, Jackie. Oh yeah. See, that'd be sick. That's good. That's it's a great bad. one. Yeah. Check yourself. Um, more than Feel two it. minutes is playing with yourself. That, that, how, can, how can we make that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, maybe, can make that, maybe. how can we make that shorter? <laughs> yeah. Quit giving yourself an ultrasound in the other room. If you're, uh, <laughs> if you're yurking, you're jerking. <laughs> maybe. You get, what are you, like what are you giving yourself an ultrasound in there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's when we've gotten looser with the pod. Sorry, I talked about this. We'll probably today. cut some of this out. We're not. Uh, we're not cutting anything. Okay. Leave it in, yeah, baby. So you know what? Enough's already been cut from Jackie. So is that, <laughs> that oh, you guys have no idea how Got good of behavior I've been on. Oh, I know. I know. I, I really have been. I know I, we don't know each other that well. We're going yeah. to we're going to be friends. Um, but I've really pulled it back. I feel feel good about my performance. Yeah, you're great. You yeah. asked if you could cuss yeah. instead of making me edit You halfway it did and then caught yourself and changed it. No one's ever done that. You just before. said See? SH. You didn't even get to the vowel. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah you just you you spooped. You spooped. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this has gone really well. All right, All right. well, uh, thanks for being on, and yeah, fill yourself up. Check for lumps. Yeah, check, check for, for lumps. lumps.